you're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm Belinda Fleming, your host. And I am Erin Beadle. We are super happy to have you joining us today for another episode. We are continuing our topic today of when things don't fit in your life anymore, right? Yes. And when things don't fit in your life, guess what that calls for? It calls for you to pause, self-reflect, and move into a journey of healing sometimes. And healing requires us to walk away from some things, which we're talking about, right? When it doesn't fit in your life anymore. It requires us sometimes to rewire our brain, rewire habits that we have, you know. Created. And it's interesting. We're right here in the first month of a new year. And that's a really great time to sit and look at things. What are you carrying into the new year that's no longer serving you, that is unhealthy? What might be contributing to some suffering that might be going on in your life? And how can you be proactive to move forward in a healthy way? And, and by, by health, healing, we mean to restore your health to a place where there's ease where there's soundness of mind, body, and spirit. Well, and and so I was thinking when we were talking about this topic about suffering and there's different kinds of suffering, right? Well, here's something interesting, just a little side note, if you will. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know that I have MS. And when I was diagnosed with MS 22 years ago, I was real private. I didn't share it. But I remember uh, I had a friend, he was a chiropractor, and he Said it really rubbed me wrong at the time, but he said that it was the co- the root cause of my MS was an emotional issue. So, but so we'll say that suffering can come in the form of physical, emotional, or mental. And I really started thinking, like, why as humans do we choose to suffer? And I know if you take it from a religious standpoint, there's all of that religious backstory. But if we just think about it from a biological perspective, even. Scientific. Scientifically, there has been studies that have proven that our brains are not wired to make us happy. They are wired for survival. Our brain is wired for survival. It doesn't care, is Aaron happy? It just cares, is Aaron alive and breathing? That's all it cares about. And we are wired to resist change. And so I was just kind of thinking about some of the reasons why we would choose to attach to suffering. And Belinda and I, of course, have a yoga background. So we look at things usually through the yogic lens. Mm -hmm. But people choose to suffer for a number of reasons. And it is oftentimes, I think, a choice. But they choose because it's their comfort zone. It's what they know. And so changes. We're creatures of habit. We're creatures of habit. It's a scary thing to change. They also choose to continue to suffer because the work to not suffer is too, too much work. Right. It's, Sometimes. Right. Right. Sometimes you hit a breaking point, though, where you have no other choice. But That's to, true. And if it's a life or death situation with a disease or a terminal illness or something like that, and you realize that, let me let me sit with this and see if there is a different path that I could take that could extend my life. That is a moment, a watershed moment, right, where you have to make this decision. But sometimes um, restoring our health and 
letting go of the suffering isn't that dramatic. And right. so we'd rather sit in our comfort zone than take the steps necessary to pivot and make it make a change right well and that brings me to my next point that people choose to suffer because sometimes they lack the confidence they don't think they have they have they don't have the confidence to make the change that would need to occur and maybe they don't have the resources at that time in their life or they don't want to reach out to others exactly sometimes people don't have the support system that they need to make those type of changes some people choose to suffer because it allows them to keep that victim mentality. They're getting something. There's something they're gaining more from the suffering mm-hmm. than they are from the healing, and they're not ready yet. And so, right. so, so today we really do want to say to you and to, to anyone dealing with anything that's creating suffering in their life, whether it's a physical illness, whether it's emotional distress, where whatever it's related to, it might be scary when you take the first steps. And, but, but in order to make these changes, you, you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone. And healing is a journey, and healing is something that requires us to assess where where we are creating suffering, where we're creating resistance, right? Right, so you have to, I think the first step is acknowledging. acknowledging There's an issue that right. needs healing. Right, and yes, and, and then acknowledging your resistance. So healing is a choice, and no matter how much we love someone that's in our life that requires healing, how, how, no matter how much we you know, want to make a choice to heal, sometimes the easier choice is to stay in the suffering, isn't it? Yes, and so I wanna briefly talk about that staying a victim. It's like we, we have stories we tell ourselves and we've kind of touched on this in the past and we start to identify with those stories. And so speaking about the MS, oftentimes people make a disease, let's just say a physical disease, um, a chronic disease is their identity. And I know for me, just having been diagnosed with MS for the 22 years is, and doing, you know, going to doctor's office, doing things with, um, it in the MS, your life. people identify with it. Like, well, I have MS or my MS. And it's actually really easy to fall into that in, I think I had to be very intentional about not making my MS diagnosis my identity. And it's it's great because one of my first doctors, um, Dr. Sanders, I remember him distinctly. He said, Aaron, I think this is just going to be a blip on your medical record. Mm-hmm. He said, I think he could tell that I had a resiliency about me, that I was just not going to let it keep me down. And so I've never let it stop me. Now, it's not saying that some days if I have a day where I'm having some vertigo or some other little issue that my MS may present, it doesn't mean that I am in denial. Right. But I'm just not taking it on as my badge of honor, like I have MS. Mm -hmm. So I think people create stories around their suffering Well, healing asks us to rewrite those narratives. Yes, which is... And what you've just described is you rewriting a narrative because I know plenty of, um, not plenty, but I know a couple of people that have MS and I know it's very serious. I know it is, but I also know that you can still live a very full life. Absolutely. So you you have to really 
sit with what are you going to stay in the suffering piece of it or are you mm-hmm. going to move through this and see this as a catalyst for you to live a healthier lifestyle for you to get the care the proper care that you need you have to self-advocate too right right which I know you're doing some medical training right yes now. well and this has led me to my MS diagnosis is actually was kind of the watershed your favorite word moment <laughs> that at that point I mean I used to make Hamburger Helper for my family, uh, pre pre diagnosis, and I read a book. Um, I started doing research even back then, and and just I want to live a full life. I decided I wasn't going to become a victim of my circumstances, and I'm going to just educate myself. And I did a lot of reading, made a lot of changes Diet to dieting, and and over those 22 years, that has led me to recently. I'm going back to school. If you've listened for a while, you know I'm a perpetual student. <laughs> but I started a program to become a functional medicine practitioner. It's a three-year program. And and you're learning so oh, much about nutrition. Yes. You are what you eat. And there's so much false advertising about yes. food. And we have to really dig deep into the labels of things. And you have right, you have to, like you said, be an advocate for yourself. You can't rely on the food industry industry to like tell you the food pyramid. It's like, no, that's not something that you can do. So you definitely have to advocate for yourself. And you've done some healing in your own life. I feel like we're always on that healing journey. I feel like as a yoga teacher, I'm always encouraging people to sit with whatever it is that that they're experiencing and not label it as good or bad, but honor whatever that experience is and then acknowledge the journey that you're on. What path do you want to take? Do you want to stay in the suffering or do you want to acknowledge the suffering? And then do you want to rewire your brain and not let the ego mind tell you that, oh, this is, you know, don't listen to this or don't listen to that. In yoga, we call it samskaras. Yes. And where you keep replaying something that happened over and over and over. And we hit on that in one of our most recent episodes. It can become problematic when you stay in that space of ruminating. Exactly. It, it, it keeps you from moving into a healing mentality. And, and healing is where we want to find... Um, we want to let go of any kind of disease. We want to move into a healthier mindset with what we're eating, how we're sleeping, what we're putting into our bodies, all of these things. But there's also this emotional element, right? Mm-hmm. When we have to let go of relationships, friendships, and we have to deal with setting boundaries with family members. Mm-hmm. We have to let go of past family pathology. We have to learn how to not be a victim to things that may or may not have happened to us in our childhood or whatever. This is all things that propel us to either stay in it or to move on this journey of healing. And that is interesting because I think that, I mean, we all have had probably, maybe not all, but childhood traumas. And we can't... To different degrees. Exactly. We can't change those. We can't... And it's not our fault. And it's not our responsibility for the things that happen to us. Maybe, or that have not... Often maybe things are beyond our control. But what we can control is how we respond to it. And we can take accountability 
for our reaction, right? So and not repeating those patterns in right. our own, you know, if we're raising our own family or we have, we want to break those patterns. Well, generational curses, right? Yeah. My younger sister is a nurse like you. She worked in labor and delivery for years and she would see Your mother was a nurse. My right? mom was a nurse as well. But my um, sister would talk about, and this is maybe an extreme version of it, but generational curses where she can remember, you know, there's a 12-year-old mother and her mom is 25 and then the grandma is 48. It's patterns. It's it's very strong oftentimes and it takes a lot of internal gumption, if you will, to break, yeah, to break those mm-hmm. patterns and to... It's, we're not saying it's easy. We're not psychologists. I mean, we both are very educated yoga teachers, and we've done a lot of self-study and a lot of our own personal development and healing in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And healing is a journey. It is. It requires a lot of work, and it is a choice that you make every single day to honor yourself and to honor those that are in your care as well. Yeah. So some of the ways that people choose to heal are they can do it with a therapist, right? Mm -hmm. A licensed therapist, like a counselor. I know my family, we, all of my kids have gone to counseling at some point to help Mm -hmm. work through things because it was just easier, I think, for them to take it from maybe someone other than me. Right. You know, like at a teenager. And I've participated in marital counseling. I've participated in counseling with my children and um, there's a huge benefit from a medical professional that knows how to deal with the dynamics of what is going on with each person and how we can all work together to to get through whatever it is that you're experiencing. So we are both, you and I both are big advocates for mental mental health awareness issues and getting licensed therapy in that situation. Right. And then we're also advocates for going to the doctor and getting doing that initial deep dive for assess, assessing whatever issues that you're having and self-advocating for yourself. If you go to a doctor and they're not very helpful with whatever your issue is, we recommend getting a second opinion. We recommend... Well, you know I've done that a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and it's important, right? It's very important. But we are also here today to talk about Whatever it is within you that's resisting, um, where there needs to be changes, where there needs to be growth, where there needs to be a letting go of something. And that's where a yoga practice comes into play, mm-hmm. meditation. And very, you know, we can take a little, little steps every single day on our healing journey, eating properly, getting enough sleep, creating an environment where we are around people that are supportive of us. Right. When you say that about resistance, sometimes the even it's just acknowledging your resistance. Mm-hmm. You don't even, maybe it's just today, you just acknowledge that you're resistant to even making a change. And I think sometimes that can spark. It, it the can first be that, step exactly. Healing. It's just a little ember that maybe you don't have the emotional bandwidth or the emotional tools today 
to make a change, but just look at your resistance to change. I know I do it all the time. And especially before I became a yogi and before I really had a solid yoga practice was that I would have very negative, you know, patterns. Or even conversations in your own brain. Yes, like we talked about ruminating. But even just with my own children, with the quick to flare when they did something, quick to, you know, just like react. Mm-hmm. Yoga has really helped me. I mean, I still have growth that I need to do, but to stop reacting, to make that initial reaction, sometimes just to give myself that moment to breathe. Well, it's also been said, which we've all heard many times from our grandparents, our parents, doctors, anyone we've come in contact with, that time heals all wounds. And do you think that? I What I think is the truth is that what we choose to do during the passing of that time is where the healing occurs. Yeah. So you could just sit there and be not self-aware and stay in your resistance state, right? Mm-hmm. Or your denial state. And the passing of time is not going to heal those right. wounds. Yeah. When they say time heals all wounds, I'm like, I don't know. It may dull them. It may take the sharp edges off. But I, but I think you're right. If you just don't do anything about it, it's not going to heal. Right. It's so, going to fester. So what we do during that time period, that is going to either propel us into our healing place where we on this, the path that we need to be, right. or it's going to hinder us if we just stay stuck there. Yeah. So time will heal all wounds if we're doing the work during that time period that it's passing, that we're passing the time. So healing requires more courage than remaining the same. Right. And so what we're talking about is if you just sit in your in that space of time and time just keeps passing, 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 but you're remaining the same, then you're you're going to stay in the state of suffering. Well, we all know people like that that have just gotten stuck emotionally and never moved past something. They hold on to old hurt and won't forgive, mm-hmm. won't let there be compassion for even themselves. Or whoever the other person was that, you know, whatever is going on. Because forgiveness can cause disease in the body. Not forgiving. Well, yeah, unforgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Holding a grudge, it's like drinking poison and expecting it to kill the other person that you are holding a grudge for. It's like, no, all it does is hurt you. If that person is just going on about their life and isn't even thinking about it. And you're over here stewing and, and, and yeah. just holding on to negative energy that is not going to help you in any way, shape or form. So we, I, I think what we would like to leave with our listeners today is can, what can they acknowledge? What can we all acknowledge right now that, that possibly we need to focus our attention on where we need to do some healing in our own life. Right. Is there somewhere in your life that you're holding on to a past hurt or you're holding on to a grudge or you're hanging on to a story maybe that you've told yourself? And let's just get curious about it, yeah. right? And let's talk it out with a therapist or with someone that A trusted we, friend. Yeah, that we respect and that knows us. And like and, we talked about before, journaling. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just journaling and writing it down and dumping it. Yeah, I think that as a society, just in general, we just all need to move past a lot of hurt. I want everyone to to just really begin to fall in love with taking care of themselves and mm-hmm. addressing issues and being compassionate with themselves and with others and also being patient, knowing that 
we, we do need to acknowledge where we are suffering, where we are resisting change, holding us back from whatever areas that need to be healed within us, whether it is a physical or an emotional issue. And then really just honoring that every single day, there's something that we can do that's proactive and not think that it's going to happen overnight. Right. And we're not, we're not talking about toxic positivity either. We're talking about acknowledging that there's a problem, not, not sugarcoating it, but then deciding what you're going to do about it instead of just staying in that place. And when you, and when you say that about compassion, I'm a firm believer that if you don't you have to start with yourself. You have to love yourself before you can love others. You have to have compassion for yourself before you can have it for others. You have to show yourself grace before you can show others grace. And and that's where the healing begins. Right. Once you start to be able to do that. And so we actually are wanting to really bring that forth in the retreat that we're going to be hosting this year, right? Reclaiming our wholeness. Right. This fall, going to Italy and spending time together with like-minded people in a space where we are encouraging everyone to be compassionate with themselves, be patient, but also have a call to action how to uh, begin to make positive changes Mm -hmm. that will propel you forward. So to a place where you can reclaim and restore your wholeness and where you can feel your very best self. Right. Live with vitality, live a life of joy. It's in my schooling. One of the things that's funny because, you know, we talk a lot about vitamins, um, but she calls it vitamin J, vitamin joy. Everyone needs, you know, vitamin J in their life. (laughs) If you don't have joy or vitamin F, fun, you need to have fun. And so finding just those small moments where we can find that joy and fun and, and then just using that to feed that fire, right, of healing. Absolutely. And it's really wonderful to have this forum to be able to share with our listeners. And it's really wonderful to have the support of you as a friend. I'm very blessed to have you in my life. I'm very blessed that I'm a part of this podcast and it is a healing journey just being, you know, our preparations for everything that we do. These conversations are a lot of the conversations that Belinda and I have over lunch at Taqueria. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We eat our lettuce tacos. We're always trying to be a good sounding board for each other, holding each other accountable. Well, I like to call, I like to call it soul health helpers, right? So you impact my life in a significant way that leads me to growth and healing. And it, and we mirror that for each other. Absolutely. And I feel exactly the same way about you. I'm grateful for your friendship and your insight. and just grateful that you're a part of this podcast as well. And we're grateful to have each one of you as a listener each week when we see the downloads, I actually do a little happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Woohoo! Yes. Follow us on all the socials, Midlife State of Mind podcast on IG and Facebook. And we'll see you next week. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week. This has been an E Squared production.